Welcome to Word and a Weapon Podcast. Biblically guided safety and security tips, techniques, and tactics for everyday Christian warriors. With your host, Guy Beveridge, CEO of Protectors Toolkit, Christian safety and security made simple. Now here's your host, Guy Beveridge. What's up, Warriors? Welcome once again to another Word and a Weapon podcast. That podcast that gives you a word, something that uh, jumped out to me as my uh, in my daily walk as a Christian, something I heard in church, something I read in a devotional uh, that really jumped out to me, and I expound on that just a little bit, give you my thoughts on it. And then a weapon, uh, something you can take in your daily walk as a Christian to improve your personal safety and security. This is Season 1, Episode 4, and if you've been with us through three of these, Thank you so much. If you haven't heard the other three and you're just jumping in here on number one, of course I'm going to recommend you go listen to the other three before this. And then also please share, share, share far and wide on the Word and a Weapon podcast. We want to in fact uh, to impact as many people as possible. We want to bless as many people as possible with this. So let's jump into this. So for this week, uh, for this episode of Word and a Weapon, I was impacted uh, in church, um, our our pastor dismisses us every Sunday, and part of his dismissal prayer over us tells us about how uh, he hopes God shines his face upon us or, or he lifts up his countenance. And so in researching that, I, I knew where it came from, and I looked a little bit deeper into this, and I think it's something that is really impactful for the day and the time that we're living in right now. And of course, that portion comes from Psalm 67, and it says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And you know, as I started thinking about this and uh, God shining his light upon us, raising his countenance to us, um, then, of course, my crazy brain, I start thinking about um, darkness and, and why it's important to have God's light within us and, and light shine upon us. And then, of course, uh, then the path leads to um, it's always darkest before the dawn. And I think in in this time uh, that we're living in right now, darkest before the dawn, it's always darkest before the dawn. If you've ever wondered where that phrase came from, you may be thinking right now that it's... Uh, it, we hope the dawn is coming. It is. It seems very dark right now, and, and some of the things that we're having to deal with. And so I started wondering where did that phrase actually come from? No, the phrase "it's darkest before the dawn." Um, that means you know, obviously, don't give up during hard times because things are hardest right before they get better. Uh, and the first person when I researched this uh, to use the proverb was Thomas Fuller, uh, English theologian. Uh, back way back in the year 1650, it appeared in a travelogue. Um, that he wrote of the Holy Land, which was titled A Pisgah Site of Palestine and the Confines Thereof. Now, friends, don't worry, don't dismay. I had to look up Pisgah as well, uh, or Pisgah Site. It's, some, it's simply just saying seeing something in the distance. So there you go. A little bit of education for you today. So it means uh, when we talk about it's always darkest before the dawn, it means that things 
always seem the worst right before they improve. And boy, in this day and time that we're living in now, we do hope the dawn is coming for sure um, with the COVID, with uh, maybe even at the with the presidential election. Now, one thing you may not know about me is that there, there are times when for no other reason than my body wants to, I get up in the middle of the night, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, now, I, I secretly suspect it has something to do with my military service uh, and serving overseas in places like Iraq. But I happen to be one of those weird people that just love the night. I like the darkness, the quiet, the solitude. Um, when I was working regular shift work, patrol work and law enforcement, uh, I used to love working the night shift uh, back when I had to work shift work. Uh, and my dad, you, know, you may have had this in your life too. My dad used to say that nothing good happens after mid after midnight. Uh, but working patrol and working midnight shift, I found that to be true a lot of the time while working in police work. Uh, I found that people found themselves in circumstances that they probably wouldn't find themselves in during the daytime. But I digress a little bit. I love being the only one awake in my house in the early morning hours. Oftentimes, I'll sneak outside and enjoy God's majesty in a star-filled sky. Now, I happen uh, to be fortunate enough that I get to live far enough away from a major city to see the stars, and here I live in the United States of Texas, so I do get to see all the stars here in the United States of Texas. And we have actually a song that even celebrates the amazing stars that we have in Texas. Um, and I'll let you in here on just a little life hack, if you will. Uh, if you're ever playing hide-and-seek with a Texan, all you have to do is sing the song, The stars at night are big and bright. And you'll hear four claps, and that person, that Texan that's hiding from you, will say, Deep in the heart of Texas. So just a little life hack from me to you. Again, I don't know where I get off on these tracks sometimes. But talking about it's always darkest before the dawn. Well, sunsets typically get all the glory in paintings, poems, songs, movies. There's something about seeing uh, the first speck of pre-dawn light, which occurs well before sunrise. that gets people excited. But is it really truly darkest before the dawn, or is that just some feel-good uh, band-aid we put on things? Is it just a metaphor we say to people when someone uh, tells us they failed at something, uh, or do we make ourselves feel good if we've missed an opportunity? Well, it's always darkest before the dawn. So let me just clarify just a little bit. Dawn and sunrise are two different things. Dawn is the moment uh, when it is possible to distinguish light in the sky, and sunrise is when the sun finally reaches the horizon and the time in between that is called twilight so the darkest part of the night is after dusk sun goes down and before dawn it doesn't get any darker once the sun is down the sun is down it doesn't get any darker than that so uh, dawn begins when the first light begins to show over the horizon from the sunrise which means that there is the least amount of light before dawn because there is no sunlight that is also the longest point since we have last seen light. And this is maybe the saying uh, that as a Christian comes to mind right now in these dark times, but I would just tend to tell you, friends, um, we're seeing more examples of light in our world than ever before because of COVID pandemic. Now, if you're listening to this broadcast in the future and we've defeated this thing and it's never, uh, we don't have it anymore and you don't know what COVID is, you're going to need to Google that or at least do whatever it is you do in the future to look things up you don't know. Maybe we've gone back to books by then. I don't know what it is. So what are some of these bright spots that I'm talking about? What, what could I possibly be saying here when it seems like we are living in dark times? Well, quite frankly, you didn't ask, but I'm glad you asked if you did. So think about this. For a while, we recognize the need for 
and encourage the elderly in our society and our communities to shop first, right? You've heard about those stories where the elderly or the more seasoned people in our community could go to Walmart or stores first because they were at a higher risk. They can get the groceries, things they need. And then we started generally putting people and putting the needs of people before our own needs. Bright spot. Uh, how about major manufacturing companies? They pivoted for a bit and realized they knew how to make something beyond their normal products and stepped up to make things like ventilators and hand sanitizer. Construction companies, women, children, uh, anyone that can sew started making homemade masks for medical staff and their neighbors. Again, putting the needs of others first. Restaurants, schools, other nonprofits are feeding children in their communities and our communities who would normally go without. Fitness instructors holding live classes online and providing additional classes for the elderly and children, a lot of times at a reduced rate or even free. Teachers are harnessing technology greater than ever before to educate and provide a uh, connection to students while simultaneously sometimes in their, own host, uh, in their own house having to teach their own children at home. And friends, perhaps the greatest bright spot in this right here in this time, day and time that we're living in is that churches that had no online presence stepped up and joined the rest of us that were already doing it. They figured out how to bring a virtual church experience to the people in their communities. The Us that were doing it already, like at my church, we already had an online presence. We got better at it. We got more secure at it. We got more safe at it. And we impacted more and more people in our community that we normally didn't do. The entire body of Christ grew through online worship. And reports of 400 500% increases in attendance are the norm and thousands and thousands of people are making decisions to accept Christ as their Savior. The households are coming together. They're coalescing more than ever. We're actually figuring out who those people are that we see walking around in our house when our days were busy. When we didn't have quarantine going on, it was a busy life. We were ships passing in the night sometimes. And now we're figuring out why we fell in love with those people to begin with. And we're coming closer and closer together as a household unit. Friends, in my house, I'm always famous for saying this, I'm so thankful for the pandemic. Number one, I'm thankful that I get to pray over my kids every night before they go to bed and speak life over them. But number two, we are closer together as a family unit because of this. And I know this is happening in houses all over the nation. So definitely a bright spot for us in what seems like darkness. So what does it mean? Well, right now, as we know it, life does seem very dark. Most of us are scared because we don't know how this is going to affect our lives going forward. How is it going to affect our ability to pay our bills, feed our families, all these things we worry about once the quarantine ends. But friends, understand this. He is with us. God is with us in the middle just before dawn. Psalm 67, ask God to be gracious to us and bless us to make the light of his face shine upon us. And it is a reminder to us that all people should praise God because no matter what the earth yields as an increase, in verse 6, it is God who offers the greatest blessings. It, at a time when many in our world are in darkness and anxiety because of the pandemic, this is a time to sprint to God, to run to God in prayer and in safe worship, to praise him and to receive him, to let his light shine upon us, in fact, to invite his life to come upon us. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path, that path that we are running on back to you, God, to come to you in prayer and worship and praise you.
at a time when much more, when much of our country and also in pockets of the world are covered in the darkness of anger and rage this is a time to ask god to shine his light on dark places to replace anger with love to replace prejudice with honor to replace what is wrong with what is noble and true the in the old testament there were 613 commandments no one could keep them couldn't even remember them listen friends i can't remember what i had for dinner last night the uh, of of these uh, 10 are the most known the 10 commandments and even still the people could not keep these so christ in the new covenant made it very simple for us to understand this he reduced the commandments to two love god and love your neighbor if all the nations are to bless God, we must start with these basic commandments. Love God. Let his face shine on us to come out of the darkness and embrace his light. Love your neighbor. See each neighbor as if he or she was God himself and be quick to serve and easy to forgive. And friends, listen up. That even goes for your neighbors on Facebook and all the other social media out there. So while it does seem darkest before the dawn, it does seem like things are out of our control and we are in darkness right now, we are not to live that way. Some do believe it's darkest before the dawn because it is before the dawn that we are most tired of the darkness. Most of us are tired of the darkness that 2020 has brought in our lives. But while the pandemic and civil unrest may last a while longer, the light of Christ can draw can dawn on us at any time. Anytime we embrace him as our Lord and serve one another as children of the same Lord, that light can be ours. Remember this, friends. The middle of the night moment worldwide is a holy awakening. The sun, S-O-N, always rises. The day always dawns. The darkness never gets the final say. Only God does. So that concludes the word portion. I hope that blesses you. So let's get into the weapon portion of this podcast. Now, I can't really go into talking about light and lights in my path and God's light shining upon us and talk about it's always darkest before the dawn and talk about darkness without bringing you something here that I typically don't do. I typically bring you a men- something mental you can take with you on your daily walk as a Christian to improve your personal safety. But let me talk about something physical you can take with you. It's going to be a little bit different today. I'm going to recommend a physical weapon for you to take with you every day and everywhere. Of course, I can't talk about this stuff and be in darkest before the dawn without talking about a flashlight. Boy, I tell you, in my house, I have about 18 different flashlights stashed in 18 different locations all over the house. If you come in my house and want a flashlight, I have one for you. In every room you go in, I probably have one there for you as well. I have them in my cars. I keep them in my pocket. Friends, I carry a flashlight with me during the uh, during daylight, and there's reasons for that. Now, advances in flashlight technology have, have definitely transformed the flashlight into uh, just a, a valuable multi-purpose tool with so many benefits. Um, it might be more beneficial than carrying even a pocket knife in these days and times. Um, and, and, you know, we have we have innovations in these new LED light bulbs and high-capacity rechargeable batteries that make flashlights better than they ever have been at any other point. Flashlights generally, uh, back in the day, didn't provide a significant light source and were basically intended to provide enough light to uh, see in front of yourself if you had batteries in it that had some juice in them. And we typically just tossed them in our camping gear and took them camping with us. Um, or we had them stashed in the emergency drawer or the junk drawer in our house. And when we needed to use it, 
uh, typically was not didn't have all the juice that it needed. How many of you had those uh, old clunky plastic flashlights that took those D cell batteries, and when you went to use them, they were dead or had just enough juice to give you a dimly lit bulb? Now, listen, I know uh, you have some people like that in your life, too, and maybe that's a topic for another podcast, those dimly lit bulbs you have in your life. But I digress a little bit. So I'm talking about a bulb that casts a poorly illuminated yellowish light um, that wouldn't even blind a mole. So everybody had one of those, I think. And now flashlights have just come leaps and bounds since then. The new type of uh, flashlights recommended for everyday carry. Some of them call them tactical flashlights. You can call it that if they want, if you want to. I don't want to give it a... a a name like that and kind of make you shy away from it because I don't need anything tactical in my life. I just need you to get a flashlight that is good for everyday carry in your life. And if you want to think of it as tactical, that's fine and perfect for you. So what makes these different uh, from their predecessors are their smaller size, uh, rugged, waterproof, sometimes aluminum or uh, poly construction. Uh, they have a substantial brightness increase over flashlights uh, that you have, may have grown up with as a kid. Typically, we're looking at a minimum of 250 lumens and a high-capacity rechargeable batteries, all these great things. So let me give you five reasons I think, I personally think you should carry a flashlight with you everywhere you go. I keep a little one in my pocket everywhere I go, uh, just like just like keeping anything else you carry in your everyday carry with you. Number one, how about this? Your phone is not a flashlight, it's a phone. If you, make, if you need to make a call, grab your phone. If you need to see in the dark or low-light situations, assess the situation and do anything at night, grab a flashlight. The primary purpose of your phone is for communication, not as a light source. Think about this. If you are in a situation, do you want to be draining the battery of your cell phone in those situations just to use a flashlight? The light on your phone will not give you the directed beam of a light with uh, the versatility and reliability of these high-quality flashlights. You need to have a flashlight with the right amount of power for your job and one that has all the weather reliability and all the other reliability that comes with it so when you turn it on, it will work. Your phone's battery will fade quickly, wilt in wet and cold weather, uh, while the right flashlight will keep you uh, in the game being situationally aware. Number two, in an emergency, the right tool is everything. How many times you've tried to hammer something in at your house with something that wasn't a hammer? Sometimes you can get the job done that way, but wouldn't a hammer be the right tool for the job if you're hammering a nail into something? Up and down is yes, absolutely. So when responding to any emergency or any crisis or situation in your life, your equipment has to work. Uh, when, it, when your equipment has to work the first time and every time, it's never more critical than in low-light situations. You can't risk missing something in the shadows. You can't lose precious time looking for another light or batteries. So that's why we choose flashlights that are waterproof, has rechargeable batteries if possible. Uh, we remember to recharge them uh, on their cycles. Um, a flashlight that has a strobe feature is an ideal uh, in an emergency response situation for marking locations or alerting others to danger. If you're a church protector, a strobe feature on a flashlight is a great way to gain attention during low light situations like during worship. If you, if Especially if worship is going on, the music is too loud, your radio isn't being picked up by someone you're trying to get their attention, you just give that strobe function uh, across the room to that person and it alerts them that you're trying to get a hold of them. My kids, also in my house, know to come straight to me if I strobe them for any reason. This is a safety we built into our family. Even during daylight, my strobe on the flashlight I carry is bright enough to get their attention in most cases. If they're looking in my general direction and I strobe it on them, even in daylight, they'll see that strobe and they know to come right to me. So let's talk about number three, light up darkness. 
The primary purpose of a flashlight is to provide light in darkness or low light conditions, whether it's finding uh, the right key, looking for something under your car, sofa, bed, hiking at night, going outside your house at night to look at, for things that are making noises, an emergency light source during a power outage. You'll always have a use for a flashlight that is in your pocket, in your body, on your person. So while most people have a flashlight on their smartphone these days, uh, like I said, you don't want to drain your battery using it that way. And if you have to make a call, you lose the light. So the flashlight on your cell phone is just simply not bright enough and not the right tool for this. Evil hides in the dark and a quality flashlight, a good quality flashlight will enable you, enable you to identify threats hiding in the dark and possibly retreat before they even have a chance to strike. Imagine walking down a street, a, a poorly lit street, or in a parking garage, and having a flashlight in your hand that you're flashing around. That tells people you're paying attention. That tells the criminal element that this maybe is not the person that I want to attack. What else is a flashlight good for? Number four, an improvised self-defense tool. Listen, folks, if you have to strike somebody, if you have uh, the need to to strike somebody, a flashlight can be the great equalizer for you. It can be a primary self-defense weapon. It's a force option if you ever need to defend yourself. The blinding light uh, tactical flashlights these days offer will immediately cause disorientation. Uh, people will stop and cover their eyes, shy away, flinch away. So if someone approaches you and you shine your high-quality light in their eyes, uh, maybe that's enough for them to walk away and not fight. At least it's enough to let them know you're someone who pays attention and you are someone who is prepared. It may even make the stretch to you are capable and you have ability to defend against their attack. Uh, many of these lights out here have strobe feature, like I said earlier, which can be even more disorienting uh, to an attacker if you ever have to fight, which is much easier to fight someone if they can't see you. We can't attack what we can't see. All right. It's your flashlight's blinding light. If your flashlight blinding light isn't enough to stop an attacker, it may give you enough time to retreat. So understand that. Uh, some, of these uh, some of these tactical flashlights that you see out there also have sharp bezeled edges that are made uh, just, just for striking people. Now, I would just challenge you this. If this is going to be the tool that you're going to use for that, you are going to need some additional training with that. You're going to want to use that ahead of time before ever having to use it in crisis because the body can't go where the brain has never been. I'll say that again. The body can't go where the brain has never been. So train yourself ahead of time uh, under non-duress conditions so you can program yourself ahead of time if you're going to be using that to strike somebody. Uh, probably perhaps the greatest reason to have a flashlight, it is legal to carry in every state. Unfortunately, many states limit what, what the citizens are allowed to carry for self-defense. If you're unable to carry a gun or a knife wherever you're going, concert or indoor event, um, or an event where you're not allowed to carry, if you are one of those people who can carry, uh, we don't want the risk of, and you, maybe you don't want the risk of spraying yourself with pepper spray or something like that. A quality flashlight is an excellent choice for self-defense and currently legal, by the way, in every state to carry. So, the next logical question you probably have for me if you are able to ask me questions on a podcast is, what should I look for in a flashlight? Now, of course, maybe uh, even more obvious than that is, Guy, what flashlight do you recommend? I'm getting there. 
I'll link my best recommendations in the notes section for you so you can do your due diligence and research the flashlights that are good for you. And I will keep them all under $50 to make it easy on your wallet as well. So some of the features I look for when I'm looking for my next flashlight because two is one, one is none. If you've never heard that before, we use that in the tactical world. Uh, sometimes I think a cop made this up one time just to tell his wife why he needed another gun or another flashlight or another of something where two is one, one is none. Uh, in reality, it, it is Murphy's Law. If I have one of something, I really have none of something because I can't count on it to work when I need it to work. Uh, that's just simple Murphy's Law right there. So having a backup flashlight, having a backup gun, having a backup magazine, all these things. Two is one, one is none. I want you to start thinking about that in your daily walk in safety and security as a Christian. So again, some of the features I look for when looking for my next flashlight the type of material the flashlight is made out of. Now, I remember coming up in law enforcement where I had a four-cell uh, D-cell flashlight that was made out of an aluminum body, and this thing was heavy. Now, I could throw it. I, I threw it many times. I could run over it. Uh, unfortunately, I ran over it many times, and it would just last. It would take a beating. But it still had an incandescent bulb in it, and it was very heavy. It was not practical to carry everywhere with it. So now we're looking at for lighter weight, uh, more durable. Typically, you're going to see some aluminum in there, but there are also good polymer body flash flashlights out there too. So just look at something that is durable. The flashlight should be very bright with powerful lumens. Don't uh, You don't be confused by lumens and lux. Uh, lumens is what you're looking for. Um, and you can look that up, the lumens and lux uh, out there. The light should be able to provide both a focused and wide beam for different situations. The flashlight should obviously have a long run time. You don't want to just turn that thing on and it goes off right away or goes off within five minutes because it's too bright and underpowered. Uh, it should work in different weather conditions and temperature variances. It should be uh, compactly designed with a firm grip for easy handling. It should come with additional features, possibly like a pocket clip or a lanyard for easy storage uh, while in action. Uh, think about if I need to go hands-on with somebody, I need to put the flashlight down. That pocket clip is going to be uh, easy for me to use. Also good as an index point to get it in and out of my pocket. And the flashlight should have uh, different light modes to manage the runtime and be efficient to use. I don't need uh, 250 lumens all the time. If I'm just looking for something general, I can back those down a little bit, and it does save some um, some battery life for us. So that being said, there are many different styles and sizes of tactical flashlights out there to fit your lifestyle and needs. I'll just tell you this. The best flashlight is the one you have on you. Remember, it's always better to have it and not need it then need it and not have it. So there you have it, friends, another word and a weapon for you. And as I always say in the closing of this, get addicted to your own personal safety. Thank you.